Welcome to Operate Intelligently Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Bittner, uh, better known around the office here as Papa Dude. Tony is on vacation this week, so we're uh, flying solo here as far as uh, the podcast, other than we've got what most of you, who most of you know out there as DK. Dave is, is here with us this morning, and uh, we got a special request uh, to do this podcast from uh, some of our friends, and uh, DK, I'm going to let you uh, introduce them, but uh, we just finished up a great dude university out in San Diego. Unfortunately, uh, I came down with pneumonia and, and I had to cancel at the last minute, broke my heart, but uh, I know there was a, a great crowd out there, a lot of enthusiasm, and uh, had great reviews on, on your sessions, and so welcome to the show today. Thanks, and everyone calls me the mayor, so if we're going to have... <laughs> Monikers and nicknames. Uh, mine is typically called the mayor, especially now that I've taken back over the community at, at Dude Solutions. We're expanding that. And a lot of the content that I like to have in the community are, are some of the things like this that get into professional development, some lessons learned, give a chance for people to share what they've experienced, give a chance for us to share what we've experienced. And this falls right in line with that. So this was actually a new session that we're focusing on in the podcast today about rolling out new initiatives, how to get those started, how to maintain them successfully. Shout out to Terry Naylor with uh, Vancouver School Board for saying that this was something that he found a lot of benefit from and really wanted to share this with many of the other folks in the crowd. And, and maybe down the road we'll do a, a full-on uh, webinar with this to be able to, to dive down into the details. But I thought maybe we would focus on what I call the three rules of three. What are some of the things that you found, Bob, whenever you've been rolling out new initiatives? What are some of the things that you've experienced? Well, you know, you know, DK, most of the time we're pretty reluctant to change and do things differently. We get comfortable, but we get pushed into, I've got to do something different. I got to realize it. And I really come up with, I realize I have to do something different and or something new. Maybe it's not just different, but it's totally new way of doing things. So, you know, we often look at, and I, and I liked, I went through your slides and I liked uh, kind of starting at the what, why, and how. And so kind of drill down into that a little bit for us, DK, if you will, kind of what it is and uh, how you define that and put some parameters around it. Uh, sometimes that what gets pretty big, pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I always think it's great that you talk a little bit about why you want to do it. I think if people understand why you want to do it a lot of times and you can articulate that, the better success you'll have with kind of defining the what. Yeah, and the, everything begins with an idea. So that, that's usually the, the impetus of how things get started. And people get wrapped into, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? But you really need to break down into, well, why should we do it? And usually when there's an idea, it's there's a problem or there's a conflict or there's just some type of way to do something better, faster, easier, something related to process. We'll, we'll dive down at that into a little bit more. And many people get hung up on, well, what are we going to do and how are we going to do it? But you have to break it back into the why. Why would this initiative matter? Why does this idea matter? But also breaking it into, well, how does this support why we are here? What is our main mission, our vision, our goals? Does this fall into our why as an organization, whether it's departmental and definitely as an organization as a whole, is, well, why should we do this? Why would this matter? Then get into, well, what are we going to do? How is it going to provide an impact? How are we going to carry this out? 
So being able to look into the, the thinking process, why is always the beginning to me, that there's some kind of a conflict between what you've experienced and what the expectation should be, but then you start getting into the whys or the hows and the whats, like defining it. What, what we're going to see is the creative aspect of this. What are we going to see as far as the, the questions that come out of this and the judgments that come out of this? DK, a lot of times, uh, just stepping back one step is where these initiatives come from, where these new ideas, these new things come from. And a lot of times we, we, they come to us. Yes. You know, our boss says, I want you to take a look at doing it uh, a different way. Maybe a board member says, I saw this great thing and I think you need to evaluate this. Maybe I don't have full buy-in, but I'm going to be the one that's responsible for doing it. Or I'm reading and I'm, I'm getting excited or I attend a, uh, a session like Dude University and uh, come away with some great ideas. Talk a little bit about where these ideas or initiatives come from and how they influence the success of them, if you will. So that, that again, that's where the, the why needs to come back in. And to me, it doesn't matter where the origin of the idea comes from as much as, well, why is it that this is something that you're excited about? Uh, what is it that really is the driving factor that is this going to provide us a, a solution? Is this going to define something that has not been defined as clearly as it has been in the past? What are some of the, the decisions that would be able to make out of this and how does this influence those decisions down the road? So peeling back that onion, it's almost like you have to have those five questions. You have to ask things five times. Why, why, what, how, why? just to make sure that it's been foolproofed mm -hmm. you know, as much as possible. Because we don't want to waste our time at the same time, but we do want to do things a little bit better. We do want to do things faster. We want to do provide things such as transparency. You know, So what are the end games that are becoming out of these initiatives? And then how does it affect certain things? So ideas are always great, but we have to make sure that they're, they're able to uh, prove a business value, prove a personal value, being able to provide value to the people that are uh, affected by this, being able to look at things such as, well, is it going to change things? And if it does change things, is it going to be for the better? And then how are we going to sustain this long term? Because I think that's one of the major flaws that people run into is that, wow, I got this really great idea. But they have to think, well, what about down the road? Uh, is this something that we're going to be looking at as a long-term initiative or a short-term initiative? And what goes into a long-term initiative? And to me, that's where we start getting into the next phases of three, which I break it down into people, processes, and tools to support the people in the processes. So many times someone will have a new idea, and one of the first questions I'll ask is, well, who is going to be responsible for making sure that this is successful? Because if you don't have a person in place, then you're going to have a failure rate higher than something that's out of your control. That's kind of where you go and get your champion. Exactly. For, right? I mean, we we always talk about champions for initiatives, and and uh, that person that really owns it, not only owns it but excited about it. I they, mean, they, yeah. they really get uh, get on board with it. Right. You've got to have that champion. It it's. We always like to say having a monomaniac with a mission, but we also understand that there's not always a case where a person is able to break away from the other 15 things that are part of their job responsibility to focus on it. But if there's someone who's passionate about that idea, they're passionate about what the end result will be, and they know what's going to be coming out of it, that's a person you really want to make sure is highly involved, if not leading the process 
is who is going to be the one to make sure that this goes through. BK, how do you how do you identify that person? How do you? I mean, I don't think it always has to be somebody in upper management that drives this. No. Uh, a lot of times, I've found that if you get somebody in the organization, the everyday organization that so many of us belong to, you get a lot more buy-in from peers and so forth. And but talk to us a little bit about identifying that champion. Uh, saying, I'd like for you to take this role on because I think it's you've got the ability and skills and the, and the desire uh, to, to make a change in this area. Yeah, and you've probably already seen some people when you think about an initiative that, wow, this is a person who probably really understands it or this is a person who believes in that type of, of process or that personal uh, buy-in into it. But if you don't, there's always a case to say, and you always want to stand and check your own ideas, ask other people on the team to say you know this is something we're thinking about what do you think about it and is this something that you think wow this is something i would really like to be involved in and i think when it comes also to rolling out new initiatives pushing from the top down doesn't always work but if you find people on the inside to be able to say let's push it sideways find that person that's going to be in the room when you're not there to say you know what this is really not a hard thing to do watch me do it or this is why i think in me as your peer your equal why i think we need to do this but also when you're pushing you also have to push up because if it's not upper management that's got it or your board or your council or or anyone that's in the executive or c-level you almost have to find that person there on the inside too that says this is something we think is going to be a benefit find that person who's almost like your plant you know and be able to say let's let's make sure that when i'm not in the room you can help defend this for me and help push it through so pushing up and pushing down is not as successful unless you have a person to help you push it sideways and that's where it really starts to have the powerful mechanism Uh, but you also have to communicate and that's another key element a lot of people don't really think about too is you, you really need to have uh, a person who can say, let's take it down to the first grade level. You know, let's keep it simple, straightforward about what our messaging is. Maybe get a second set of eyes of someone who, to sanity check your idea and how you're going to communicate it. But then also get a third party validation. They don't know what you're talking about. And if they can understand it, then they can help put that out for you. So that's another set of threes is being able to, to really look at uh, a first grade level, second set of eyes, and a third party uh, verification on your idea. But the people part will not matter unless you've got a balance of what a process is going to be around it and what tools it's going to take to give it in. So if you don't have a healthy balance between people, process, and tools, if there's something missing out of that, like you don't have a champion, then nothing else matters. If you don't have a way to process what's going to be happening with this idea that what the flow is going to be, it doesn't matter. If you don't have the tools to support the people and support the process, it's not going to matter. So you've got to have that healthy balance. So when a new idea comes up, my first question is, okay, who's going to be the champion? Do we have a process in place around it? And do we have what we need to support the people and the the process around it? Because we had a case where someone said, well, we're going to have a a big kumbaya and this is going to all work out. And the person that was uh, operations guru, she and I looked at each other and went, no, there's not really a process in place. And even free range chickens need a fence. We need to be able to look at how we're going to pull all these things in together and make sure there's a healthy balance of what we're rolling out, who's going to be affected. And, and how we're going to sustain and maintain it. You know, I found uh, when we moved to a uh, 
a, a mobile platform uh, when I was uh, director of facilities and started u- using mobile devices to record work on work orders. Mm-hmm. A lot of resistance to that. Yeah. But what I found out, and, and we have aging workforce, right? And so there's, there's the extra, there's the fear, the unknown, what am I gonna be required to do? My fingers are big, my fingers are dirty. I'm gonna drop it, I'm in bad places all the time. There's a thousand and one excuses, right, of why not to take and make this improvement. But when you, I found out if you got some of the younger generations who mm-hmm. were used to doing right. that, that really, that really was a, a great balance. It did several things for us. Number one, it took some younger people and said, hey, they do value me. I can, I might not be the best plumber. I might not be the best HVAC technician yet, but I can share some of my skills with some older folks. And that really started to make a bond between mm-hmm. you help me, I help you, right. and move that whole thing along. And so when you can kind of get that win-win of everybody involved with it, uh, it goes so much so much smoother. Yeah, and, and trying to find, again, that's where you find the champions to help push it sideways. And the Pareto or the 80-20 rule is something I definitely am a believer in, that 20% of the people will amaze you 80% of the time. 20% of the people will cause 80% of the conflict. The other folks are going to be on the fence, and they can be swayed either way. So when you find the champions to push things sideways, that's a key element. Uh, hopefully the naysayers will start to to fade back and be quiet uh, as time goes on Uh, but finding that person I've had multiple cases like that where this person says it's not that hard watch me do it if you don't have to type use voice to text on the phone that's an understanding of the tools that help support the process that help support the people so being able to find who those those people are to again push things sideways are, are really out there and like you say that's one of the three dangers I always talk about is people don't like change it's just part of human nature people don't understand or don't have a, co- a comprehension of where things may be going so they may have a natural fear towards it there are a few folks that are uh, willing to do it but maybe they need a, a guide way to do it but then it gets into one of the other three dangers is communication that if you roll this thing out and you don't have something in place of of how you're going to make uh, that comfort level a, a little bit more visible or what the end result will be if you don't communicate those things and get people communicating with each other on their own peer-to-peer level that's one of the other three dangers out there as well you you have to be able to look at where your communications are going to be here's what's happening here's what is happening and here's what has happened being able to communicate those things out there but also putting that communication towards the group that's getting it so how I would talk to my executives versus how I would talk to people that are in my buildings versus how I talk to my teams are going to be three different messages. They might have some similarities, but what you care about, what I care about, and what another person will care about, they've got distractions to deal with. They've got their own jobs to deal with. But if they see that, hey, this is going to help me focus better or do the other things I want to do faster, easier, that's where you have to focus a lot of your communication. I think that that brings us back to kind of where we started with the why again, right? There's sometimes there have to be multiple whys. Exactly. You know, why up, why down, why sideways in in our communication? Mm -hmm. What are you going to get out of it? Right. And so let's go back to your example of mobile. One of the reasons people go to mobile is they're trying to make sure that 
papers are not lost. They've got documentation around it. You know, if I'm a technician in the field and you tell me I have to go to mobile, I may say, well, you're trying to be my big brother, you know, hovering over me. And the gentleman said, I'm not trying to be big brother hovering over your head. I'm trying to be the brother that's got your back. With this information, what we'll be able to do is say, we need to hire someone and we've got numbers behind that. We need to communicate back to the person who has the issue. Mobile's going to help us do that. You don't know exactly where you need to go or where you need to be or before you leave this building, you want to see what's happening. Mobile is going to help you do that. So being able to put it in what their pains are is is very critical. Uh, We have a phrase here to know what Mary Jane buys, look through Mary Jane's eyes. And it's the same thing with your technicians. You know, what is it that that their pains are are dealing with that this idea can solve? What are the pains that your your customers or requesters or in the people that are in your buildings? What are they going to see? What is going to help them with it Uh, and being able to support that? And then you have your business objectives. Make sure you've got a good understanding around that as well. Uh, So people don't like change. They don't like a lack of communication, but there's a third danger that I've seen over the years, and that's the word should. Anytime that word pops up, that is a red flag. You know, these guys should know how to use mobile. No, not necessarily. They may not have been exposed to it. You know, they should know this. You know, these people should know that. That's a dangerous, dangerous word. Uh, But also when you're working with contracts, anytime that word shows up of should is also a dangerous thing as well. So everything should revolve around either eliminating the word should or including the word must into it just to make sure that there are clear delineations about what's happening. Should always gets to the point where that that gives me an option, right? Right. (laughs) You should do this. Well, okay, I I should, but I'm not going to, right? right? Exactly. And I hear a lot of people say, you know, we really wish we could get our people to move to submitting their own work orders. Don't call us. Don't stop us in the hall. Uh, we wish you, you know, you, you should go ahead and just put it in online. Exactly. So and, that's where people start getting into, you must put and, it in online. And then say, no ticky, no worky. Yeah. You put it in, we'll do it. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you set, set the guidelines about what you're going to do the guidelines may have to some things you may have to look at where the the end result is we should go down that way you know but we also know that there's going to be an adjustment factor so making sure when you're rolling those things out you keep those in mind that there will be an evolution that has to happen but that might be the end game is you must do this online as time goes on and you know we're uh, we're nearing the end of our time today and there's a lot of things that i want to explore uh with this uh one of them maybe next time we can do a little bit uh, on the front end is the bait and switch mm-hmm. of, a, of a change right that I have an ulterior motive about doing this change I'm not going to tell you what it is I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to frost all around it and not to you bite into it after it's all in place are you going to really understand so you know we need to be honest with people we need to get out all the whys we need to understand why we're doing things this kind of a review today the um, the people that that we pull in, you know, we want them to be champions. We want them to understand, but yeah, we want people to be able to push back a little bit so we understand all the issues. We want to have the right tools and processes in place. And uh, so, DK, thank you so much uh, uh, today for sharing. Absolutely. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna unpack this a little bit more next time. And uh, but till then, uh, we uh, want to wish everybody a great week and. Uh, Hope that maybe next year you can be uh, at Dude University. 
and uh, actually hear DK in person. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that you'll probably be there doing some speaking next oh, year. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, all right, Mayor. We're uh, we're thank you thank you again for uh, being with us today. And uh, folks, uh, have a great week. Uh, stay safe. Work hard. Be proud of what you do. And we just uh, appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and you can even email us at dspodcast at dudesolutions.com.